Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this pre-recorded broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm your host, Mark Avery from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com. You can call us at the range at area code 937-293-3914 or stop down and see us. Our range is located at 2031 Dryden Road, right across from the AES Ohio Power Company Maintenance Yard, just south of the river on Dryden Road. We'd be glad to discuss with you any of your firearms needs and interest. As I mentioned, this is a pre-recorded show, so I won't be taking calls today. You can still reach me by going to our website at sim-trainer.com and clicking on the contact tab to open the form and send an email. If you have an immediate question, the range is open until 3 o'clock on Saturdays, uh, which would be when the show is over. So you can call there. Again, the phone number there is 937-293-3914. If a staff member on duty doesn't have the answer to your question, I'll answer it as soon as I can. Before I get too much into uh, current events and things that have happened since our last show, I want to talk a little bit about some classes that we have. I, because I don't know exactly when this show is going to air, I'm not going to cover too much of the, of the work that's going on and the classes that are available during March. Uh, it could be, those, those could already be over by the time you hear this. But we do have a class that has been highly requested, the Advanced Handgun Series. Uh, it filled up in the last one that we had at the beginning of the year. And we have added another one that starts on March 31st. That's a Thursday evening from 6 to 10 p.m., so if you're interested in that, there were still slots left as I recorded this. So you can go to our website at sim-trainer.com and go to the classes and sign up uh, online first for that class and then call the range to make arrangements for payment. The uh, If you are interested in taking the entire series, the Training Pass Plus is a great way to get that series at a discount plus getting uh, a membership to the range and all that information is on our website. So if you are, uh, if you're interested in enhancing your firearm skills, this is class is intended for people who are already quite familiar with all the basics of handling their firearm and would like to take their skill set to the next level. So it's a five course series. I've talked about it in shows before. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. The first class is mastering marksmanship fundamentals, and it will be held on April um, uh, March 31st. And then on subsequent Thursdays, uh, skipping time for concealed carry and other classes that we have. Uh, if you are brand new to firearms, we will have a first shots class on April 2nd. That's the first Saturday of the month in April. And then there's a basic handgun class on April 3rd. If you're looking to get a concealed handgun license, uh, basic handgun is a great way to start that. If you are completely new to firearms, you may want to consider taking first shots first it's a $25 class that is includes everything. We, we, you don't have to have any uh, equipment or ammunition, firearms, anything. We provide everything for that class. So it's a great way to get kind of an introduction to the basic fundamentals of shooting and doing it in a very low threat, very uh, non-aggressive environment in terms of the firearms that we use. They're all 22s. They're fairly they're small, very low recoil. And so if you're interested in finding out more about firearms, First Shots is a great way to do that. And then if you're interested, you could also sign up for the basic handgun class. That class then on uh, Sunday afternoon <clears throat> on April 3rd will give you 
uh, all the skills that you need in order to be able to complete the concealed carry class if you're interested in getting a concealed handgun license. And I've talked about our training pass that lets you get both basic handgun and concealed carry plus a three-month membership to the range and the use of the rental gun that you use and determine is the right one for you during basic handgun, you get to use that rental gun during the uh, concealed carry class as well for your qualification if you haven't yet uh, been able to purchase your own. So those are some of the, the quick things that are coming up at the beginning of next month, uh, very last day of this month. And if you're interested in that or any of the other classes that we have, please go to our website at sim-trainer.com, click on the classes tab, it's a drop down. It's got a list of all the different classes that are available. And you can sign up for those classes online to make your initial registration. Contact the range then. You can call the, call a range or send a check or stop by and then make payment for the class that you have um, put in a reservation for that confirms your reservation and uh, you'll have a slot in that next class. Um, there have been several things that have happened uh, since the last show. And one of those is the Senate Bill 215. Uh, for those of you who aren't as familiar with the numbers, uh, that is a permitless carry, sometimes called constitutional carry. Uh, it, that isn't the official title of the bill, but uh, that's what it's talking about. And that uh, bill passed the Ohio General Assembly on March 2nd. Uh, it it uh, had gone from the Senate to the House. The House had hearings. They made a couple of minor amendments and then sent the uh, bill back over to the Senate for their concurrence. They concurred the same day, and the bill is now waiting for the governor to sign it as of uh, when I am recording this. It, it's possible that by the time you hear this, it will already have been uh, passed in terms of uh, approved or gone into, uh, into the waiting period, 90-day waiting period. Don't know exactly when that will happen. Uh, it, it should be sometime during the week of the 14th because either the governor will sign the bill or if the governor does not sign the bill, it will, it will automatically become effective uh, at that point. Now, it doesn't go into effect at that point. It's just that the bill will have been completely through the legislative process and uh, then we'll be waiting the 90 days from that point to when it goes into effect. So sometime in uh, probably the end of June, middle, middle to end of June, we will have uh, a new way of dealing with concealed carry in the state of Ohio. We are by no means uh, the first state to do that. In fact, as of uh, just a, a few days before I'm recording this, the uh, state of Alabama has passed their permitless carry, and it was signed very quickly by the governor. So it's already, it, it beat us. Now they're the 22nd uh, state to have permitless carry. And that means now that there are more states that have permitless carry than there are states that require that you get a license and, and then issue that license on a shall issue basis, meaning that if you meet all the qualifications, you automatically do get the license to carry. And then there are still some other states where they don't really uh, issue licenses that much. It's a may issue 
a situation where you have to apply for a license. And even if you're fully qualified, you may or may not get one. Places like California and New York and uh, New Jersey, there, Maryland, there are several states that are in that category. Uh, Ohio will then, once this uh, bill is, is fully in effect, we will have no requirement that you get a license in order to carry discreetly. So you're already able to carry openly. You don't have to have a license in the state of Ohio in order to uh, carry a firearm as long as it's in plain view and you're not in a motor vehicle. And then this law would change that to be anywhere that you're legally allowed to be, you would be able to carry. Now, there, there would still be a list of prohibited places where you are not allowed to carry. And that's one of the changes that this bill puts into effect. Uh, the, there has been some disagreement in the firearms community as to whether the duties of the licensed individual applied to people who were carrying openly but did not have a license. Uh, some have argued that if that portion of the law doesn't apply to someone who doesn't have a license and is just carrying a firearm, still legally because they're carrying openly, and that is legal in the state of Ohio. But because they don't have a license, they think that those prohibited places for people with a license are not prohibited for them. Uh, that's never been tested in court that I know of, and I suspect that they would probably lose that argument. But when this law goes into effect, it will make that argument moot because one of the things that it does is it creates a category of people um, that are identified as a qualifying adult. And so in a qualifying adult is someone who's over 21 years old, not legally prohibited from possessing or receiving a firearm under state or federal law, and meet the requirements uh, necessary to obtain a concealed handgun license. So even if you don't get one, you still have to be able to get one if you're going to carry that firearm. Now, so if you're carrying concealed, you won't need to have a license to do that. But all the places that you would be prohibited from going if you have a license, those places will be off limits to you, even if you don't have a license and are just carrying as a qualifying adult. Part of the way they do that is by including provisions in the law that says if you are a qualifying adult, then you will be deemed to have been issued a valid concealed handgun license. So for the purposes of the law, any place where it talks about someone who has a valid handgun license, that also includes people who do not have a license but are qualified to do so and are carrying, then therefore uh, they're treated by the law as if they have a concealed handgun license. So that rather simplifies the way that the bill had to get put together. They did not have to explicitly include people who are qualifying persons who do not have a concealed handgun license and then people who do have a license and every each of the other categories of people who are allowed to carry in the state of Ohio. So with this bill, most of the focus has been on the permitless carry. But there are several other things that are included in this bill. And one of those is that you would no longer be required to physically carry the license issued to you by the sheriff, even if you have a concealed handgun license. You won't need to carry it with you, just as you don't 
uh, are not legally required to carry a driver's license in order to legally drive your a motor vehicle as long as you have a valid license. So that will simplify things that will keep people from wondering, you know, worrying about whether or not they have their license. They forget their wallet, for example, uh, and, you know, have to go back and get it, but they're carrying a firearm. What do you do? Because you don't have your concealed handgun license with you. It's in the wallet. That would no longer be an issue. As long as you have been issued a license, uh, that you would still be able to carry under pursuant to that license. As I mentioned, you would not need to get a license. So if you are a qualifying adult, then you would be able to carry as if you had a license and the law will treat you as if you had a license. The other, one of the other things that it does is it modifies the duty to notify. So in the state of Ohio, the way the law is written now, if you are approached by uh, anyone in the law enforcement in the performance of their duties, you are required to notify promptly that you have your concealed handgun license and you have your handgun with you as long as you're carrying. I mean, when you're not carrying, there's no requirement to provide any notice at all, but we always recommended that you do at least indicate that you have a concealed handgun license and that you're not carrying a firearm, which clarifies any questions about what happens after they run a driver's license or a license plate vehicle registration and find out that you in fact do have a concealed handgun license, but you didn't say anything. So that notification now having been put, uh, the requirement for that notification is when asked or before, but not later than when asked. Um, so that's, that's a fairly significant change that a lot of people have been looking for for a long time. I don't think it's going to make much difference in the way people operate on a daily basis, but it's something people wanted and that is included in this bill. All right, I'm going to take our first break for the hour. If uh, you would stay with us through the break, I will be back shortly. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to this pre-recorded broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm your host, Mark Avery, and uh, thank you for sticking with me through the break. Before the break, we were talking about Senate Bill 215, what's often called constitutional carry or permitless carry legislation and the changes that that law will have if and when it goes into effect. So the earliest that could be would be sometime in the middle of June. And that would be obviously dependent on the governor either signing the bill or allowing it to go into law without his signature. If it is vetoed, then it would go back to the General Assembly. If they override the veto, a new clock would start and it could be uh, sometime even further in the year. So just to be clear, none of these changes that I've talked about today will be in effect with the bill is signed or any time really for at least three months. Just be aware of that. I've had several people ask me about the status of the bill, hear that it had passed the General Assembly and assumed it was already in effect. Just be aware that none of these changes that we've talked about are in effect yet, nor will they be until probably early summer. So how can you prepare to know what those changes will be when they go into effect, assuming they do? 
I recommend that you go out to Ohio uh, Legislature's website. That's www.legislature.ohio.gov. Search for the bill, Senate Bill 215. And then go to the documents associated with that bill. If you don't want to read the actual legislation text, which I have done and I do for all of these bills, but I certainly understand why people would not be interested in doing that. They can be a little dry and just the way that the Ohio puts these bills together, they're basically a red line of what the changes in the law will be. So you have to sort through it to figure that out. But you can go to the analysis that is um, as reported by House Committee, the version, that version of the bill. So that's the last amendments that were made to the bill it was in the House Committee after it was passed by the Senate. Then those changes uh, were voted out of committee, voted on the floor of the House, sent over to the Senate. They concurred in those changes. And that is the version of the bill that went to the governor. That analysis is only about eight pages. Uh, so it's, it's pretty easy to read. And it gives you, at the beginning, about a one-page summary of the changes, and then it goes into each of those changes in some level of detail, so you have a little better understanding of what each of the changes are and how they would affect your ability to carry, either as a qualifying adult or if you want to go ahead and continue to get uh, your concealed handgun license, get a new one or to get it renewed, then the, all of those provisions, how that all works together, that's all spelled out, as well as the changes to notification, whether or not you have to carry a physical license with you and so forth. So again, you get to that by going to www.legislature.ohio.gov, searching for Senate Bill 215. And then when that summary comes up, click on Documents, scroll down to Analysis, and the version you want is As Reported by House Committee. Read that document and we'll give you an overview of what those changes will be when they go into effect, whenever that is. Uh, of course, we will cover this again as it comes closer and the people are more interested in that. What about uh, the training that you need? Well, obviously we have that at Sim Trainer. We uh, think that it still would be a good idea since all of the requirements of having a license will still apply when you are carrying as a qualified adult, then you need to know what those laws are, the requirements for the use of deadly force, get the download the book from the Attorney General's website and read the summary for all the requirements for a concealed handgun license. Even if you're not intending to get a concealed handgun license, you still need to understand that information. And I would highly recommend that you practice regularly to maintain that skill set using your firearm because under the stress of the violent encounter uh, is not the time to be figuring out how do I do certain things like drawing from a holster and so forth. So, all right, I need to take a break and head into the news center. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Mark Avery, for Shooting from the Hip. If you are new to our program, uh, you can get an archive of the last several hours 
of our broadcast time by going to our website at sim-trainer.com radio and then click on the podcast link. There are several podcast options available and uh, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, you can subscribe our podcast and listen to it when it comes available, usually sometime on Monday after the show airs. We have on that same website, we have a lot of other information. That's a great place for you to find about uh, activities at the range, classes, and other uh, recreational shooting opportunities. And you can, again, get all of that information at sim-trainer.com. For the first half of the show, we've been talking about Senate Bill 215 and what will happen when it goes into effect sometime uh, late spring, early summer, assuming it uh, gets it doesn't get vetoed or that veto gets overridden. In the discussion of all of the actual changes in the bill, I've been going directly to either the Legislative Service Commission's analysis or the actual bill text. Now I want to move a little bit because there is some information that has been out or there are some perceptions that are just simply incorrect. And I think it's important to address those and be accurate about what the bill does or does not do. Uh, There was an article published about a week after the bill had passed the House and the Senate and was sent on to the governor's office. And this article uh, talks about the people that opposed the bill, some of the people who supported the bill, and some of the arguments that were made. And it accurately reports those articles. That's not the question. The problem is, It just reports what those people said, and those people made statements that were simply incorrect. And I think it's important for people to understand what the the bill really does and does not do. For example, one of the arguments against the bill uh, is that people would no longer have to carry that license with them, and that somehow um, makes it less convenient for law enforcement makes it more difficult to enforce the law. I don't see how that works. I I don't understand uh, why that would make it more difficult. For the most part, when the license is run, the driver's license or the registration on the vehicle, the officer already knows or can already know because that information is linked with your information about you, the person as the driver or the owner of that vehicle. Um, So... I'm not sure that not actually having a physical license with you is that big of a deal, but you must be a qualifying adult. And some have said that if you, for some reason, do something that would stop you from being a qualifying adult, in other words, you do something that causes you to forfeit your right to keep and bear arms, the, that would cause you to lose a concealed handgun license if you had one issued, and it would be revoked or suspended as a result, you are no longer a qualifying adult. So the fact that you have lost that ability because you lost that qualifying status doesn't change whether or not you can carry concealed any more than if your license had been suspended or revoked does that same change. So it doesn't make it more difficult to enforce. It just means that that enforcement is going to be based on your current status rather than whether you're actually having a a hard copy license. Now, could you have a hard copy license, the the little card that you get from the sheriff after your license has been suspended or revoked? You're not supposed to. 
uh, because your the sheriff is requires that you have that sent back to them uh, to proof that you no longer are carrying that license. Um, will people continue to get licenses? I think so. Uh, the provisions about getting a, a purchase of a firearm and not having to go through the NICS check, that will still only apply for people who actually have gone through the process because of the background checks and so forth that are involved in that, including a NICS check that is run when you get your, when the sheriff runs the background checks for the license, they also run a NICS check and that's included in part of that provision. So uh, I, I believe that a lot of people will still go through the process of getting a concealed handgun license for that and also for reciprocity with other states. Now, the way the Ohio law is written, reciprocity becomes really kind of a moot issue. It doesn't have any of this saying that you can only carry under these provisions if you are an Ohio resident. It applies to anyone who's in the state of Ohio, assuming you're there legally. So you will be able to carry in Ohio if you are from another state based on the fact that you don't need to have a license. We still have reciprocity set up with anyone who does have a license. And the same thing is true for many other states. They recognize the Ohio license and they may or may not, even if they have permitless carry for their own residents, they may or may not recognize permitless carry for people who are visiting the state and not residents there. So I think there will still be a lot of people that will get concealed handgun licenses uh, for those two primary reasons, being able to purchase a firearm without uh, an, a background check at that time and being able to go across state lines and carry on reciprocity for states that don't recognize the, uh, your ability to carry discreetly without having some sort of a license or a permit. So what about the argument that if you don't have a license, there's nothing to revoke? And I kind of understand that a little bit. Uh, there have been licenses revoked because people have done things that caused them to no longer be what now falls under the category of a qualifying adult on, under the new law. And the sheriff is the one who's been responsible to verify that those offenses occurred and then pull a license, either revoke or suspend, depending on whether it's a, a time-sensitive matter or a lifetime ban. Um, and then if the sheriff doesn't have someone who's licensed, how will they know to pull that license or how do they go about doing that? Well, the, the answer to that is written right into the law. N you're no longer a qualifying adult if there's anything that prevents you uh, from, if you've done anything, been convicted of anything, pled guilty to something that would keep you from being able to get a concealed handgun license, you are no longer allowed to carry concealed because you are no longer a qualifying adult. That, that obviously puts the onus on the individual to behave properly, but that's always the case anyway. Laws are only for the compliant. People who are going to flaunt the law, who are not going to comply with the law, it doesn't really affect them. Yes, uh, when they do things that are illegal, they can be arrested, they can be charged, and they can be put in jail for an extended period of time. That's no different whether you have a license or not. So if you don't have a license and you are carrying as a qualifying adult and you do something that makes it so that you are no longer qualifying and you continue to carry, when that gets discovered, then you would be arrested and you would have charges associated with that. So I, 
I don't understand that there is some kind of uh, change or risk to law enforcement simply because the person didn't go through the administrative details necessary to obtain the license. The requirements are still the same. You either, if you did something illegal and you are no longer a qualifying adult, you would not be allowed to carry. And if you had been issued a license, it would have been suspended or revoked, which has the same effect. You would not be allowed to carry concealed or discreetly. So we at Sim Trainer will incorporate these changes into our concealed carry class in the legal portion. And if you decide you want to come take that class, whether you intend to get a license or not, all of this information will be covered. We will cover again on the radio show in a lot more detail when the law is about to go into effect and let you know what uh, you can expect and how that might change your ability to carry. Let's shift gears for a bit. And I want to talk about uh, the National Rifle Association. Now, the National Rifle Association has now been in existence for 150 years. And the New York Attorney General had tried, in fact, ran on the, a platform of dissolving the National Rifle Association, getting rid of it, ripping the guts out of it, and having it basically go away as a thorn in the side of all of the gun control. Uh, the longest continuous serving civil rights organization in the country was being attacked by the New York Attorney General and wanted to put it out of existence. Now, it wasn't completely without merit uh, in the sense that there have been some legal problems at the National Rifle Association. Uh, we've talked about it in since last year, really. Um, if you haven't yet followed what's going on there, a great source, a great resource for that information is The Reload. Uh, that's uh, Stephen Gutowski's website, a news website that he put up specifically dealing with firearms issues uh, last year in 2021. It's a good website. Uh, he has been, it's almost all primary research. He does the work on his own. Obviously, he refers uh, to other articles that have been published in other publications. But he gets some uh, first-person interviews and finds information that isn't published in any other source. It's become a great primary uh, research tool for people like me who want to find out what's going on in the gun industry, in the politics, in legislation, and he's, he's done a great job with that. One of the things that he has been able to do is to go through and read much of the legal proceedings for the National Rifle Association and their legal uh, problems. Yes, the New York Attorney General has been uh, part of the source of that and it's been bringing an investigation, but there's also some internal legal issues with the NRA. Uh, there was a conflict between them and the long-term advertising partner and things got acrimonious. They, they split ways. Uh, both sides were suing the others. There are two things that happened over the last month. First, uh, there was a New York Supreme Court ruling that said that the New York Attorney General does not have um, enough of a case to cause the National Rifle Association to be dissolved. I know there are some people that were kind of concerned about that, were thinking that that might be something that was coming. Uh, that apparently is no longer on the table. So uh, that is 
I think that's a good thing for the National Rifle Association. In order for that case and that uh, what is essentially <clears throat> a corporate death sentence to be enabled to be acted uh, by the New York Attorney General, they would have had to shown that the problems that were there were there specifically to benefit the organization. And the justice said, no, in fact, those problems actually hurt the organization and hurt the membership of the organization. They were not done for the uh, member benefit. And so that is not a reason to dissolve the National Rifle Association. I'm glad about that in the, in the fact that that takes one thing off the table. There's still plenty of uh, arguments and cases to be made against individuals within the National Rifle Association for things that they have done that were uh, against the, the bylaws, or things that spending money that was inappropriate, funds that were raised that for one purpose that were used for another purpose. Um, one thing that we have seen is that the National Rifle Association Board of Directors has been unwilling to deal with some of those issues internally. And I think that's a problem. I think they, they should have recognized uh, from all of the evidence that has come out now as part of the, the court hearings that there are some problems and there are some people who need to leave the organization and no longer be affiliated with leadership of the National Rifle Association. And the, the board of directors simply hasn't done that and has, in fact, when uh, someone ran against uh, Wayne LaPierre to be the executive vice president, the board overwhelmingly voted to keep LaPierre in as the president. And I think that's a problem. I think uh, that if for no other reason than because of all of the things that have come out about things that he did and money that he spent, problems that he's had, I think he should be fired. That's my personal opinion. Your mileage may vary. <clears throat> in fact, if your mileage does vary, if you have a different view on the National Rifle Association, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, I've mentioned at the top of the show that you can contact me by going to our website at sim-trainer.com and click on the contact link and send me an email. I'll be happy to communicate with you um, about issues. And if you disagree with what I'm saying, uh, obviously this is a pre-recorded show, so we can't have that interaction live on the air, but I would be glad to interact with you over email and I will take uh, and as to the extent that you would allow me to share your comments on the air, and then uh, we can have a, a, a bit of a discussion that way. I hope to be able to get back and do a live show in the not too distant future. I like doing the live shows better. I love the interaction that we get in real time with the people who are listening to the show. So now that the Dayton Flyer basketball season is over for this year, maybe we'll get to do that soon. It's time for the last break of the hour. Stick around through the break and I'll be right back. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip. And uh, this is a pre-recorded show, so unfortunately I haven't been able to take any calls today. You can contact us uh, through our website at sim-trainer.com. Send a, uh, an email through the contact link, 
and I'll get back to you or get your comments and questions up on the air. Um, one of the things that's happened since the last time we had a show was the State of the Union address. And there were several things that came out in that address. I'll probably hit that in more detail in a later show simply because I'm, I'm running out of time. But uh, anybody who listened to or read the transcript from the, the State of the Union address recognizes that there were a lot of things about gun control, um, about so-called firearm safety that were broadcast from that podium that were simply not the case. And we may break that down in a little bit more detail at another time. But suffice it to say, the administration is still out to get you and those of you who uh, recognize the right to keep and bear arms. He keeps saying he supports that, but then says things that would completely violate that and would have nothing to do with improving gun safety. Uh, I think that's unfortunate, but that's kind of where we are. I would like to uh, very quickly mention something that's coming up in April. And it's not something that we're doing at SimTrainer. It's going to be uh, in central Ohio. But uh, we have often talked over, the, over many years about uh, the Bulletproof Mind Seminar by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. It's an excellent seminar. We hosted one here in the Dayton area at one point several years ago. If you have not been to that and you would like to, I'd recommend that you get out to the Buckeye Firearms Association website and sign up for the class. Early registration is open now. It's a $30 discount off of the regular price, which is $99. So for $69, you can get registered for the Bulletproof Mind. Um, uh, that, and this is basically for armed civilians. So the tactical mindset for armed civilians. It's a great opportunity. Uh, he, he only does them every so often. Uh, he, he goes all over the country giving these seminars. It's excellent. It's Saturday, April 23rd from 9 to 4 in uh, Newark, Ohio. So east of Columbus, a little bit northeast of Columbus. If you're interested in that, you can go out to the Buckeye Firearms Association website at BuckeyeFirearms.org. Uh, well, that pretty much wraps it up for today. Thanks very much for being part of the show. If you would like to get in on the classes that we have coming up, go to our website at sim-trainer.com, register online, and then contact the range to make payment. Thanks very much for being part of the show today. We'll be back soon. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.